Hello and welcome to A Very Full Plate, the podcast where we're all about real food talk with real parents. Your hosts for today are Amy, a natural foods chef and mom of two, and Emily, a professional home organizer and mom of three. Take it away, ladies. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. I'm your co-host, Amy. I turn parents into kitchen ninjas to help them feed their families healthy food more often. I'm all about balance, real life, and having fun in the kitchen. You can find me at cookingwithafullplate.com and my Facebook page of the same name. Hey, guys. This is Emily. I'm a professional organizer who helps my clients simplify their lives so that they can experience harmony in their homes again. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or visit hallharmonyhomes.com. Come along with us while we celebrate our small victories and laugh at our challenges. And thank you so much for listening. Hey friends, thanks for joining us on this episode of A Very Full Play Podcast. This is Emily Hall, and I'm super excited to introduce a true friend of mine, Crystal McDonald. Crystal relocated after several years in Chicago the past year and now lives in New Hampshire with her husband and her two young children. I think you will all really enjoy the way Crystal shares her city girl comes back to the country story with fabulous energy and her sass. Amy, what stood out to you during this interview with Crystal? One of the things that really stood out to me about Crystal was her no-nonsense style as both a mom and someone trying to feed her family healthy food. I think listeners will really find her tidbits both useful and relatable. Absolutely. I can't wait to get started. Crystal, welcome to our podcast. Hello. And, <laughs> um, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your lifestyle. That was a really marvelous introduction. <laughs> I feel like I cannot live up to that introduction, but thank you. That was nice. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, where to start? So a little of the background would probably be, I'll take you back to my Chicago days. So I, I became a mom in Chicago. So that's where my mom full plate very full plate journey begins, I think. So like I was, <clears throat> I was a musician. I went to school for music and that's where I met my husband. We went to UConn together. And that's where we met you guys. And I ventured into the artistic administration world. So I made my way to Chicago Symphony Orchestra, which was like a dream career for me. And I landed there as the artistic coordinator or artist coordinator uh, for many years, um, multiple years. And basically that was like my dream. I had, I had done it. And that was all before children. Like I had all this energy, I had all this gusto. I was ready to like take on the world. And so that was, <laughs> that was a job that I started before I had family. And then when I had Taylor, my son, um, I was like, wow, this is full-time mom plus this job. I don't like, I don't know, but I made it work for two years there because that particular job I worked some weeks were, you know, 60 plus hours a week. And it got, it was intense. It was nights. It was weekends. It was, but it was something that Colin, my husband knew very well and was used to. And we just had a schedule that we, that worked and we figured it out. And then when we had my son, it's like, okay, all right, let's do this. We're just both going to work full time and I'm going to have this crazy schedule. We're going to throw this kid in the mix and hope he survives. Um, and then from there, uh, I, my husband went back to work. Um, he was working as a teacher for many years. Then he was a principal. He went back to school for a second master's, became a principal. And at the same time, I got pregnant with my daughter there, um, and I was still working this crazy, insane job that was very rewarding for me in my career, but also just super hectic. Um, and at that time is when we said, okay, do we had, we had no support, we had no family in Chicago. Um, we were doing it on our own. And it was like, okay, is it time? Do we head back to where family and friends are still on the East Coast or do we stay here? We've been there for almost 10 years, about nine years. And we just, we made the decision to go, to come back to New England. And so that's where I am now. And my life did a complete flip 180. And now I am a, I hate the term, just to be clear, I hate the term stay-at-home mom. I really do. Because it, it somehow, in my mind, implies that I stay home all day with my children. Which would be the worst fate. So that's not what I... But I am a full-time mom. 
I am a full-time mom, um, and but I don't have employment outside of my house. Which is really a full-time job, right? Like, I love how you identify that. Yes. I'm not staying at home. I am working full-time as a mom. Yes, exactly. I mean, I feel like, and maybe it doesn't imply, maybe just in my mind, it's like, oh, the stay-at-home mom stigma. Um, And maybe that's just because of where I was coming from, where it was like power. I had this nickname. They called me Power Crystal. It's like Power Crystal. Power, Power suit, power tie, power steering. You know, it's like... But wow. I, was I, coming from, <laughs> I was coming from that, you know, to now it's like a little bit relaxed atmosphere. I can wear this is my mom gear every day. And, you know, and I, and this is my full-time job and it's really hard in a completely different way, a totally different way. But, um, but that's just how I feel about it. It's not like I stay at home all day. We're going, we're running, we're doing things. We're, we're going, going, going. And it's like, what's next? So that's where I am now. So now I'm just, I'm in New Hampshire and we had a huge transition to move across the country. I was eight months pregnant and, and, oh, and finding new friends and getting reunited with family and getting readjusted and learning this new groove, this new life. So that's where I am. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. And I, of course, know most of that, but I'm glad you're explaining your experience to our listeners because as you start to talk about being a real parent, feeding your family, I love the idea of you comparing and contrasting your Chicago eating habits with your young son, with your at-home now habits in New Hampshire, um, with two kids and and what have you. Um, So could you maybe kind of explain a little bit about your sort of your family's eating style and, and whatever that means to you when I ask that question. Yeah, totally. I think, and I'm glad that you say that because I have thought so much about, <clears throat> about the, the complete contrast and, and it, it's just two totally different styles, but yet the way we, the way I prepared and planned for meals and life and how to feed my family week by week, were completely different, but the, the substance that we, what we were eating, um, was virtually the same. I mean, I, and I can get into that more, basically I have these two different lives that I had, you know, more income at the time I had two, um, a double income and I only had one child at the time versus now I have one income and, and two children. So it's just different, but we still sort of did the same. So what I, basically what we do uh, week to week, our lifestyle. I don't really have a name for it. And I'm sure you could be like, Oh, that's, you know, I don't even know. I I've never really put a label on it, but for me, it's just whole foods. Like what in in my mind and, and it's always been the way, like eating health, like natural whole foods. What, what makes sense to me is fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and proteins, you know, um, meats and, kind of it we don't have a lot of fillers um using air quotes here for fillers because that could be anything to anyone but um we don't have a lot of fillers i'm looking around my kitchen my pantry's you know canned veggies and tomatoes and i've got some crackers in there and i've got you know a couple snacks for the kids but that's kind of it we basically stick to that um and then from there um you know, I can make recipes. Everything's kind of simple. I, I feel like I don't really have their very exciting sure. story. Everything's kind of simple and it's easier for me that way. Yeah. We've talked a lot about how it's the reality of feeding a family is actually pretty unsexy. Like it's pretty yeah. much like, here's your protein, here's your vegetable and maybe some sort of approved starch, whether that, whatever that means to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it would be cool if you could just, even if it doesn't sound that exciting to you, walk us through like a typical work day of feeding your kids from breakfast to dinner. You know, what would be a normal day for them and how would, what would that look like? Yeah, absolutely. From, for now, um, in this new life that I live, it's kind of, it's a lot of fun for me now to feed my family. It was not fun for me before. It was really stressful for me and it was a lot of anxiety because there just wasn't enough time for me to properly get my head right about how I was going to feed them every single day also in uh when we lived in Chicago 
Um, Taylor was in daycare full time, so I didn't have as much control over his his diet in during the day, and that bugged me. And there was a lot of things that it was just part of their, you know, what they offered at the school. Um, mm. they, yeah, they offered you know a menu every week, and you could see what they were eating, how much he was eating. And, you know, was he really eating at all? I don't know. Um, they didn't really always give me reports. So that, I, I really hated not having control over that part of his life. And that really bothered me. And they had vegetables and things, but he was eating a lot of mac and cheese and potatoes and, you know, casseroles or whatever they were making. Versus now, um, I have control over every single thing that goes in their body. And it's great. I love it. So on a typical day, you know, we wake up and it's, they, they like to have their fruit in the morning. They like to have a banana and some berries and um, usually um, some piece of toast or, you know, I'm a baker. So banana bread that I've made or something like that um, with nuts in it. And then also my children eat way too much. I don't know about your children, but they eat more than, and I have, okay, Taylor is, Three. He's going to be four in May, and Avery is eighteen months old, and she eats more than you or I can eat in a sitting. It's unbelievable. And they have about four breakfasts before they're okay. <laughs> it's like you know, it's so. Excuse me, I have a cold. You know what's so funny about that is that my three-year-old could basically never eat and be fine. Like it's not an important part of his life, but my 10 month old eats more than my three-year-old. And it's been a real like struggle for me to wrap my head around. Like when my three-year-old was born, he almost didn't affect our food budget at all because what he eats is so simple and so little. And the 10 month old has really like ratcheted up our food budget because I'm like, Oh no, I got to feed this kid. Yes. She literally goes around at playdates to people's bags and like forages for food. And I think I, DCFS is going to come looking for me because people think I don't feed my children. I, like this is, they eat so much. So when I'm telling you their breakfast, you're going to be like, somebody call the police. This woman is overfeeding her children, but there's like, they're like sticks. They're tiny, but they eat so much. But it's all good stuff. So I don't mind that they want to eat a lot and they have great appetites. That is wonderful to me. It's a good problem to have in my book. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, okay. So they eat their fruit and their little piece of banana bread or whatever. And then, um, and usually a boiled egg. We always got to have a little bit of protein in there somewhere. So, um, an egg, eggs are huge. We eat a lot of eggs. So we go, every one of us has eggs every morning. And um, veggie eggs are huge. Taylor loves veggie eggs. Um, and that's fun. What, for me. what are veggie eggs? Oh yeah. Veggie eggs. Yeah. That's, that's a huge staple in our house because it's breakfast, noon and night. I mean, you can, you can do it any time of the day and they're delicious. And it's like just instant, get your kids with the veggies. They're filled for the day and it's good. Um, scrambled eggs with, um, it depends on what I have in the freezer, but whatever veggies I have in the fridge at the time. So usually I, it's always spinach. I chop up the spinach real, real tiny, um, usually like a shallot or green onion. Um, I have chives in my garden in the summer, so that's really good in the eggs, you know. And then um, if there's broccoli left over, chop some of that up, mushrooms, whatever I have left over um, that looks like it's going to go bad. It's like chop it up, yeah. rip it, saute it, throw the, veg, uh, the eggs in. So it's just like a scrambled veggie egg, green, usually green. You know, it's usually like, greens and spinach and avocado or asparagus, whatever. And they love I it. I love it. I love it. I'm going to start doing that at home. It's so delicious. And it's like the perfect start. It gives them their vitamin boost for the day. They got their protein. It tastes good. I usually put some Parmesan cheese. Parmesan cheese is, is like a godsend. If you don't have it in your fridge, you should always have Parmesan cheese. <laughs> <laughs> if you take away anything from this podcast, that is your number one. Everybody... Go out and get a block of Parmesan cheese, Grampadano cheese, and it will save your life. And a can of tin- tomatoes. You know, I don't know. You'll be fine. You're, you're so Italian. You told me before the podcast <laughs> that you're Italian, but I feel like we've just confirmed it, if there was yes. any question. Absolutely. She was, yeah. I, um, I have to, we have this joke in our family that Green Eggs and Ham was the first paleo book. And because we feed our kids, kids green eggs and ham every day. And then we're like, look, it's even a Dr. Seuss book. That's what you should be eating. And it's amazing, clearly. So we do scrambled, you know, spinach eggs. And it's, they think it's a novelty. 
it's delicious. And I feel like every kid would eat ham or salami like any time of the day. Like kids, I don't know, not just my kids. I've seen a lot of kids love salami. It's just this salty meat that they... My three-year-old is obsessed with salami. (laughs) Yeah, see? I thought so. Yeah. And he doesn't like to eat. There you go. He doesn't even like to eat and he's obsessed with salami. Exactly. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah. Oh, man. Cool. All right. So after breakfast... Yeah, so after, like, the fourth breakfast of the morning, um, (laughs) then we, uh, yeah, so that's, and then there might even be another, like, snack slash breakfast item in there, like cottage cheese or something. But then lunch is um, usually just a hodgepodge of um, vegetables. Usually, I'm looking, I'm, like, visualizing their plates in front of me now. But basically, it's, like, carrots, some you know, pea pot, like sweet sugar snap peas, you know, those are so good. They love those. Um, it's usually about two or three vegetables, black olives, and, olives, and then um, a pro- some sort of meat like salami or ham or rolled turkey. I don't, I almost never, ever do sandwiches. They don't, I'm not a big bread eater. I don't care. I don't have to have, I love bread. It tastes good, but I don't have to have it. I just feel like it's a vehicle for the meat inside. So usually we do some sort of um, natural meat, um, rolled up these piece of cheese usually and some berries or raisins or nuts and that's kind of it and yeah and maybe some like veggie sticks or something as a filler but basically yeah. that's it yeah and then dinner and then dinner what does dinner look like do you guys eat together do you eat separate <clears throat> and then we always eat together and now this is another part of my life where I'm like, this is a complete 180 from the life I had before, where it was always get Taylor fed, washed, and to bed before, you know, World War III happens and a nuclear meltdown happens. Because it was, he was at daycare all day long, he was exhausted, and it was just feed him something half decent and then get him to bed. And then we, Colin and I would eat together. But now... Um, that's just not the schedule anymore. And I have the time to properly plan uh, the meal. Um, and the meal, again, depending on how busy we are that day, is basically um, a vegetable, you know, maybe a starch like rice, um, sometimes pasta, or in a protein. And again, I've gotten more, cre- I've been able to have the time and the headspace to be more creative with my dinners now than I, ha- I was in the past. Um, in the past, it was definitely just like protein, vegetable, like, you know, steamed. It was, wasn't all that luxurious or exciting, but it was enough. But now I can take the time to plan and grocery shop accordingly. Yeah, a protein, a vegetable, some starch, um, a salad, usually a salad, tossed salad of some sort. And we always eat together. Um, I would love to say that we eat at this beautiful dining room table behind me, but that never happens. It's always at this kitchen island. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, too. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, okay, in my fancy dreamland where I would love for my children to never ever make a mess ever and throw stuff at the wall. But, and then I would do it in there, but I'm not going to. So here at the kitchen table at the island, that's where we go. Awesome. And, yeah. So I have a question. You were talking a little bit about what life was like in Chicago and feeding. Taylor before he had a meltdown, which is like something I really identify with because I worked full time until my three-year-old was 18 months. So we were doing the same shuffle of like, oh my gosh, it's 6.30 and we're just getting home. How do we get you to bed? Um, What did cooking look like in your house then versus what it does now? Like, did you and your husband split responsibility? Do you do all the cooking now? I'm always curious. Yeah, that's very interesting and I'm like having heart palpitations when I'm in you're telling me I'm like I remember the anxiety to feed them <laughs> like, yeah it's it, it's a real a race against the clock because you just think I don't want the end of this day to fall apart to pieces before we all go to bed but it will if I don't just make this all happen um so yeah in when I was working full-time very full-time um and when I was home I mean there were days there were weeks where I just wasn't even home um for most of the week because I, in the industry, the rehearsals or the concerts that were going on, I just didn't, I wasn't able sure. to help. Um, sometimes, a lot of times I was staying through from 9am to 1am because it didn't make sense with the train commute to like come back home, have dinner, go back. It was too much. Oh my goodness. I know. <sighs> so, yeah. So it was just intense. So to, to a short answer to that would be 
my husband was like, Colin was my saving. He just would do most of it. Um, he, he was the biggest cook. I think at that time, I think he was the one that did most of the cooking at the time because I was just exhausted or, or I wasn't home. Um, but we did sort of, we we're a really good team and we did tag team. Um, basically it was somebody get Taylor in the bathtub and the other person get some rice on the stove with a vegetable and like burn the meal, but like get it on a plate and it would be fine. Um, so that was, that was, it was yeah. just like teamwork. So you go here, you do that. I'll do this. Um, but now I happily, I got to say happily, I, there's probably women in America going like, happily, what are you crazy? Happily do the meal prep and cooking. I do all, I do all the cooking. Um, yeah. Most part, not to say that Colin is not good at it or doesn't want to do it because I think sometimes he would rather come home and start cooking instead of going straight to kid duty. So I don't envy him in that, but I'm toast by the time he gets home. I'm like, all you have fun. I need to cook. <laughs> yes. My husband, Greg is so sweet in that he will offer to cook, but I have like, we have this running joke that I never let him make things the way he wants to make them because I'm always like, Oh, you should do it like this and make it into a salad. And all uh-huh. of this. like, it's one of the places that I can't not micromanage. Like I take care of the kids however you want, but this is how I want you to make dinner. Um, and he's kind of slow at it. And I want to break from the kids. So for like all of those reasons, I, I'm the same way. I'm like, I will happily do this because for me, it's like a, a moment of peace mm-hmm. and something that I can control. Oh, yes. which you can't do all day long. So. Exactly. Yes, it is. It's the, it's, yeah, the control over the ingredients and like, oh yes. And it, it is, it's just a moment of, it's not quiet. I mean, they're still running around like crazy, but he's got them and I can now use like a different part of my brain to put something maybe delicious together for my family. And that like, I really, that's part of my love, love languages. I love to give food to my fam. I love to have them eat it. I love that they love it. And when they hate it or they tell me that they hate it, I'm like, I don't care. I still made you a delicious meal, whatever. Um, <laughs> there was food. Taylor will have no problem being like, I don't like this. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. But um, that feels good to me. It feels good to me to feed them. It feels good to me. So that that is the new role. I, I love it and I, I do it and I... And, Luckily, Colin's a saint, and he just comes right home. He just goes and takes the kids. All right, Crystal. Okay. Can you tell us a little about um, maybe what your superpower is as far as feeding your family? And maybe you can visit your superpower in Chicago versus your superpower now as far as, like, what you think you actually do really well to feed the fam. I Piggybacking off my previous statement about Colin in Chicago, I think my superpower was having – his partnership and his support in Chicago because I I didn't, I couldn't do it alone. I was, the schedule was so crazy. And I, I think he was, he, he did a lot of it. So he was great. And he was my, he was my partner to lean on in Chicago and we didn't have a village there. We, it was just the two of us. So Mm -hmm. it was, um, I have to thank him mostly for helping us like be fed, be fed well. Um, but then as far as the, what we were eating, um, I think, <laughs> plan- again, the planning was totally different. You know, that grocery trip was one large grocery trip on the few off hours I had on Sunday morning where I got everything for the full week. But basically just planning, have a, a full list, a full master plan for the entire week. Um, and versus here, getting them, I... I I think a properly stocked pantry, I think a well-stocked pantry, a well-thought-out pantry is my superpower because I, where the grocery shopping here is so much different for me, now I can go in smaller income. Now I can go throughout the week, smaller trips, and as I need, or as I have patience for when my children are wrangling each other and I want to kill them. But um, then I can... If I'm in a pinch, I know that my pantry's got all of the... And when I say pantry, I mean enough canned tomatoes, my, you know, my organic chicken stock, my, um, my spices, my um, 
my oil, my different oils, sesame oil, and things like that. If I have all the proper ingredients that I wouldn't think of on a daily basis, if I have them all properly stocked in my pantry, I can kind of just come up with whatever I have, whatever vegetables I have left in my fridge. So I think it's been a, it's been a saving grace. There are days, in general, I try to have a good plan uh, for the week. And every night before I go to bed, I think about what I'm going to make for the next day, take out what I'm going to make for the next day. But there are days where I just get busy, I forget, I get tired, I fall asleep and I wake up or, or the day gets ahead of me, it's four o'clock. I'm like, okay, wow, what now? What am I going to feed them? And then I can get a bright idea and go, I'm going to do, okay, a vegetable soup tonight. I can do a vegetable soup. That's quick. I can do that. Do I have everything? Yeah, of course. If you have enough vegetables in the fridge and then you have all the spices and you have a you know, vegetable stock or chicken stock in your pantry, you're good to go. You have everything. So even when you forget or don't really have a plan, if you have a properly stocked pantry, I think it'll get you far. At least that's my, I think that's my superpower for getting dinner on the table. I like that. So my first thought when you say vegetable soup is like, that sounds so delicious. And yet my good eaters would probably be like, yuck. I'm not eating that. So tell us a little bit about how you get your kids to eat well. It sounds like they have a great appetite, but that's something I wanted you to touch on because I'm in awe of that. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's so funny because I think your kids are pretty good. They're really adventurous in my opinion, but... um, Thanks. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, no, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you're so polite. Yeah. Um, I, I have thought about this too, because I don't know what I've done. I just, part of it's like, were they born that way? Or but a lot of it too, is that I've never, this is just how we eat. And we've always eaten this way. I've never, we've never eaten one way and then drastically changed our lives to a different style. Like we've always just eaten whole, healthy, n- pretty natural ingredients. I mean, yeah, okay, we have crackers every once in a while because we're, we're, not, we're not gluten-free, we're not totally dairy-free or anything. But in general, we just eat whole healthy foods and I, that's just how they were raised so that they don't know any different. Um, and when I put food in front of them that they don't like, like, like actually this, I, I was thinking of you guys last night. I made these amazing fish tacos. They were like, it was this baked uh, Pollock with um, a cabbage. It was like a cilantro cabbage slaw. It had garlic in the slot. It was really, oh. pungent, really pungent flavors, right? It was just in cilantro was tough for kids and cabbage. And, um, and then I made a, a lime crema. I putting this all together and thinking the kids are not going to eat this. This is they don't, they're not going to eat the fish. They're not going to eat the slaw. They're not going to eat the cilantro. Like, okay. So I ended up cutting up some extra vegetables just to be sure, just to be safe. So I didn't have to hear them whine. I made a little thing of nachos with some cheese on them. And they devoured the top. They devoured them. The like, Taylor was all oh. in it. He was just like, I'm eating this fish taco. How do I eat it? And he just fell over the floor. But he had a great time with it. And Avery cleaned. She like licked her plate. So... I don't know. I mean, some of it is, some of it is they're just, they love it. Some of it is, um, they surprise me. Some of it is, if you don't like it, I'm sorry, I don't care. Just you go to bed hungry. I mean, there are times where I'm at the stove and I'm making something that I know he likes, like, I don't know, spaghetti meatballs or, or sausage and peppers or, and he says, Oh, I don't want that. I don't like that. And I go, Oh, well, then I guess you're going to go to bed hungry, you know? And then he'll say, oh, I like that, you know? And then he just changes his tune completely. So I am a little bit no nonsense. Um, and sometimes I think maybe I'm too much. <laughs> I think that's where Colin evens me out. But, and I don't know how much of it was how I was raised. And I don't know how much of it is I had this crazy scheduled work life before and I just had no time for nonsense. It was like, this is what you have. I'm not making you another meal. And so that's all. Um, Hmm. They kind of just get with the program. I don't know. There are things like Taylor doesn't like, um, for instance, he doesn't like cooked bell peppers, but he loves raw bell peppers. So, okay. You know, I'll just, instead of cooking some for him, I'll just cut, I'm going to cut them up anyway. I'll just leave some raw ones out for him. Um, So there are little shortcuts that I'll get around and do for him. But in general, it's, this is what there is. If you don't like it, then you're going to go to bed hungry. 
I love what you talked about though, that this is something we've heard from other folks and ourselves is like honoring where you really know this isn't a meal for your kids. Like even with the tacos, it's nice that they surprised you, but you were prepared with something that wasn't like a battle of like, okay, well here's chicken nuggets instead, which if that's your approach, that's fine. But for you, it was like, here are some, uh, exceptions I can make and I'm prepared with these things that are part of your meal so you're not having something separate but you're still honoring that they are children who might not want to eat fish tacos right with cilantro 100% so yeah okay they're not perfect they are really great eaters and again I'm really happy about them but there are there are meals where they're just looking at me like what but I know in advance I have a great I have a pretty good general sense of what they're going to look at and say yeah no um So what I'll do is I'll just put a little extra of some raw veggies that I'm already cutting up anyway. So they're not really going to go hungry. I'm using air quotes here. Like I wouldn't actually send my children to bed super hungry. Um, By that I mean, (laughs) you know, I'm not not that hard. But what I mean is like, I'm not going to go and prepare you a separate meal. And it's certainly not going to be some random you know, mac and cheese because it's not what I'm making. You know, I will cut you something extra of what I'm already making. That's fine. And I'll leave it on the side for you if you want. I've already got it cut up. No big deal. Um, or I'll pull some extra veggies out of the fridge or I'll pull a piece of, you know, leftover cooked sausage from the night before. If it's already yeah. convenient, that's fine. I don't mind. Yeah. And is that always something you do ahead of time or would you like make a dispensation in the middle of a meal to be like, Oh, I see you're not eating that. Like I'll give you this. Cause that's something I really struggle with. No, I won't. No, no, no. Um, I do not change my mind once the meal has begun. There's like no getting off that ride. <laughs> it's like you paid your ticket. You're at the dinner table. You sit down and you eat this. Now I'm not going to get up and make them something separate ever. I never have. Um, it's, I, I think ahead of time, it's what I want and what I'm hungry for and what I know my husband and I will enjoy. And I also think they'll enjoy, I'll make it and I'll know mm, they're going to love this or they may not. And I'll just come prepared as I can be to the dinner table. Yeah. And they come along on that journey with me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a really interesting distinction and maybe an important one for people who struggle with particularly picky eaters, which it sounds like you don't have, but this idea of like, knowing your kids, honoring your kids' taste, and even if it is kind of a separate meal, not making it feel like they get a separate meal, and certainly like they don't get to assert their need for a a separate meal in the middle of dinner, because I can see how that habit would spin wildly out of control if you let it start. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, it's it's just like you give them an, at this age, you give them an inch, and then they will take a mile, and I can't, I just cannot allow that. No, I... I have no patience for that in my house. And you know what? Ain't nobody got time for that. That's how I feel. For sure. Ain't nobody for got sure. that. But, you know, in general, they're pretty good. And I try to come prepared to the table with what I think they're going to like and what they won't like. And I just try to work with them. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I don't ever, if they don't like something, and that's fine. Like, they don't have to like everything. That's fine. Um, there are things that I don't like. Um, so it's not fair to me to say to them, you have to eat it. You must like it. But if they don't like it, they don't like it. So I ask them to try it because of course there are lots of, like any kid, they're going to say, Oh, I don't like that. And I, there are times I'm like, you did not even try that. I know you didn't. So, you know, Colin and I will say, well, you, you've got to try a bite because you don't know until you try and then he can try. And there truly, there are times where he's not even stubborn about it. He goes, Oh, I liked that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, try. Um, and then there are times he just goes, okay, I tried it. And he pushes it to the side. Yeah. And that's fine. That's fine for me. Yeah. We have a, we have a saying in your, in our house, you don't have to like it, but you have to try it. And that's yeah. like our mantra. Like you don't have to like it, but you have to try it. And even our three-year-old will like repeat it now. If he says he doesn't like something, I'm like, well, did you try it? And then we kind of work through that. And to me, that's kind of what you're talking about too, is like, I don't have time to pick these battles. I'm not going to force you to eat anything, but I am going to make sure you try everything. Yeah. Right? And I don't, I don't give up either. You know, I, I will keep putting it on his plate mm. and he'll keep trying it. And then there have been times where he's, he's tried something. And I, I keep saying he, by the way, cause Avery truly eats everything. I've never had a problem with her. She just eats everything. 
Um, so there are times where I put something on their plate and, um, it's like, no, I don't think so. I try again and maybe there's a few bites eaten out of it, but then eventually they've come around. So I think I just, I, I don't give up on something. Um, could you tell me a little bit, if you don't think this is like something really worth note, like noteworthy, I'd be curious if you can reflect back and think about the way you ate as a child versus now and what you might've taken from that or how that might affect the way that you feed your family. I think it 100% affects the way I feed my family. That's a really good question. I, as I get older, I'm reflecting a lot more about me and my childhood and my, how I was raised. It's because I'm now raising children and I want to, I want to know, okay, am I doing it right? Am I doing what's right and wrong? What's am I doing? A good job. Did I like how I was raised? Did I like what I ate? Did, so yeah, I've been doing a lot of reflecting on that. And I think, so I, I am not feeding them exactly how I was raised. I will say my mother did a very good job of trying to give us healthy options, but it just wasn't, I don't know if the knowledge was there or it just, or the, or the budget didn't allow, but I don't know. We don't have a very hefty budget right now either for groceries and we do pretty well with, with that. So I just, there was a lot of filler foods in the house growing up. Um, and I, there was pretty, some unhealthy options too. Like I'm just thinking of this one dish my mom used to make all the time because I loved it because of course I loved it because it was broccoli with Velveeta cheese. All oh my God. Do you, did you ever? Have I know what you're talking about. It's the same thing in my house, same thing in my husband's house. We're like, what was that? What was it that face? It was like an almost attempt to give us vegetables, but, <laughs> but it's like, because I loved it, it, it kept making an appearance on the table, but just because I loved it didn't make it right. Like, oh, it's, I, I cringe thinking about that now. Um, so yeah, I mean, it does influence me. There's a lot of things that I, I was like, God, that was so awful for me. And why did we have those things in the house? Like, I know now, maybe it's just more, the more you know, I, I'm like, God, that was terrible. I should, so I would never give those things to my family now. So yeah, I think that reflects, but there's also some good, uh, my mom did all the meal prep um, growing up and she did all the, she made all the meals and, and, and now I'm like, okay, I understand why that was the role. And I think it's the same reason. Like it was probably a piece of mind for her when she got home and the kids were out of her hair. And so, yeah, I think it does reflect completely to my style now and what I feed mm. them. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of things I wouldn't do that I was raised on. And there's a lot of things. I think there's a lot of things I wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, if my mother. You're like, mom, ever. don't listen to the podcast. I'm like, no, I, she's never going to listen to this, right? It's okay. <laughs> I I do get the impression that the '90s were a time of frozen vegetables. So, um, I'm going to stop you right there because thank you. That's exactly so. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> bless her heart, my mom. It was like always some really charred piece of meat that was always breaded. It was always breaded. Mm -hmm. um pork chicken beef whatever it was always like breaded and baked and so it was didn't need to be breaded first of all second of all um there was always some sort of canned or frozen vegetable it was never ever fresh it was never steamed it was never um I just yeah I don't know why and it, I just do you remember I'm just thinking of this I'm having my brain is exploding because I visually I just remember seeing these limp shredded like green beans that came out of a can that like plopped oh. into and they were like lifeless and almost, you know, this brownish gray? color. Gray. Yeah. Yes. And I remember those sitting on my plate. And, and I remember thinking how much I did not like them at all. I didn't like fish. I didn't like a lot of proteins um, because I thought they were, didn't taste good. I didn't like certain vegetables because I didn't think I liked them. I had tried them as a kid and I thought, wow, these are yucky. Yeah. But now, as an adult, and after I met my husband's mom, who's a magnificent cook, she's amazing, and she, everything is fresh vegetables, and, and, and the meats, the way she cooks and prepares everything is so good. And I was like, what? I like salmon? Oh! And it's like, I like these vegetables now. I didn't know that I liked them, and they're delicious, but it's because they're fresh, and it's 
it's really simple to cook fresh vegetables and it's more in my I think it's more cost effective sometimes these can sometimes these canned foods like how much did you pay for that I could get a bundle of green beans for 99 cents too it, in your mom's defense, I do think some of it was just the time. Like I think I agree. about we used to have those like frozen meals that had like different little yeah. sections and they had like characters on the front. And I think yeah. it was just such a novelty, right? To have access to these things that some of it was just like, we're always going through cycles culturally and food is a big part of that. And I'm so glad to be raising my kids in this cycle because that one was left a lot to be desired for all of us. I agree. It was all about the instant meal. And I also think that even the availability of fresh produce was not as much there. So it was like, let's buy the can. And they came from a generation of parents who had like nothing and they had to make everything from scratch. So they were like, look, I can just pour a can in and heat this up in the microwave <laughs> and we're dinner in five minutes. And you're like, ah. like, yes. yes. So I do think it's a, a, a reflection of the times. I ate so many lima beans as a child. I would never buy lima beans now. Would you mind sharing your, what, you, what your budget is? We've been asking this question for those who are interested in sharing give perspective yes. I, yes and I laugh because I think you guys are gonna like peel over and just roll over onto the floor and be like <laughs> because it's really small I mean it's really small in comparison to some of your budgets um the other thing to to remember though is that I only have two small mouths to feed and then the two of us Colin and I and they're not we're not on any particular we don't have any constraints really we don't have any dietary constraints we don't have any allergies we don't have any gluten-free you know any of that um but and we're also not following a specific diet um trend for any real reason right now but um the I'm trying to think so once um so our month and you know you've talked before how you always I aspire to this to this budget but it's not always true it's it's not always attainable and I always go over around holidays or um just on a monthly basis I think I'm always going over uh I so I try to stay within six hundred dollars a month amazing you can't for the, for those of you people listening and not watching. You can see my eyeballs. I'm just like bugging out because six hundred dollars a month is actually a really tiny amount for feeding a family healthy. Now, again, I think it's if I have that's what's in our little. We have an Excel spreadsheet, and I think that's literally what's written is six hundred bucks. Now, okay, I think a more honest answer to that would be probably. More like 700 because um, I'm always going over in little amounts here or there. And then at the end of the month, it's like, whoops. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'd say between six and 700 bucks a month. I never, you're never going to really see me in the middle aisles of the grocery store ever, which great because going down the middle aisle of a grocery store with two children that like to see all the characters popping out at them on the, on the cereal boxes and the whatever mm-hmm. is, is not my idea of fun. They're just like, Ooh, Ooh, I want this. Can I have that? And it's like, no, no. So you'll generally just see me go in, do my clean sweep around the outside of the store, come around, finish up in the frozen section, come back out and check out mm. fruits, you know, fruits. And that's the other difference too. Um, I think my life gets split. We had a much, we had an unlimited budget in Chicago. And I, I don't mean to say that like we had an unlimited budget, <laughs> but basically what I mean is we only had one kid at the time. It was just the two of us. I was working all the time and I actually got a lot of my meals comped by the, by the organization I was working for because I was staying for work. So they would always pay for my meal. So I wasn't, it was a totally different scenario. We had two incomes. Um, so when we went grocery shopping, we just got a whole bunch of everything that we needed. We usually over shopped and, but now I have a very detailed plan of like what I need. Um, I know. And now since I have control over what I'm feeding my family, I know what goes, what they're eating every single day. I know what it costs at the grocery store. I know where to get specific items. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm shopping. My favorite way to shop is to break it into probably about three different stores. I can't do that with all my children because they will drive me nuts and they will lose their mind. So when I have help, if I have my great Nona, you know, Colin's mother is Nona and she comes and if she's there to watch the kids, I will hit like three different stores to do it the most cost cost effective way 
one store, I get my produce. One store, I go to the butcher and get my, I like to get my meats at the butcher. So that's a little bit more expensive. Um, and then, you know, things like snacks and whatever, I'll go to a general grocery store too. But just, I just like to hop around to wherever it's most cost effective. Versus before, I just go to one grocery store. I got all my meats there. I got my seafood there. I got my fillers. I got my fruits, my vegetables, everything. Didn't matter what it was. I got it there. But now I like to sort of shop around. And I prefer to get my meats um, at the at the butcher. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's just better quality. And I can source it better, you know? Awesome. So I was going to say give us some of your tips, but I feel like you just gave us some really good tips, including your one that you talked about having a fully stocked cabinet. And it was interesting you said that because the pantry being stocked with the spices and the, and the stuff you add to the main meal is something I never really thought about. I've always thought about the preparing for the meals ahead with the meats and the, like the real meat of it. But to think about, oh, you better have your beans and your, your sort of your side additions to make it so flavorful is a really good tip. Um, also a good tip is like, it sounds like you are really careful because you're on a strict budget to shop around and take that time. So you take the time that you have some support and you go like, I'm going to, I'm going to shop. It's worth my time. You know, some people it's not worth their time. Like power crystal wasn't worth her time. Right. (laughs) (laughs) She would go, she'd go, you know, you had the money, whereas your, your time was more rare, but now you have time. So you use the time to save money, which is great. And now I live in that world too. And so my, um, cause we do have to wrap up soon. I would love to hear if you feel like you have a kryptonite, you have something that's sort of your weakness. And I think you know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yes. Sweets are my kryptonite. They are my weakness, but it's, you know what? They're not my weakness because it is, <laughs> they're your strength. They are my strength. They are my light in this world. No, let me explain. So I, I was thinking a lot about this too, because I'm sure like everyone listening, everyone listening, all of our millions of followers, yeah, millions, 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 millions of people listening will say like, what is this woman thinking? Like she just allows sweets all the time in her house. But my philosophy and just fundamentally, my happiness is baking. And um, as you know, I, I love making pies um, more specifically, but also just breads and, and, you know, like banana breads and quick breads and mushrooms. I just love to bake. It is soul searching for me. I love to do it with my kids. I mean, they make a big mess and Taylor you know, kind of like eats everything as we're baking. Uh, but it is still fun for me. And so I have, I truly have no problem with sweets in my house. Um, I know it's a lot of people are like sugar, no. And I get that. And I respect that. Um, but I, I do, I feel that, um, because we eat well, we don't have a lot of fillers in our diet. It's truly just fruits, vegetables, proteins, nuts, you know, meats. It's just, it's not, I feel good about that, but I have no problem letting him have desserts a lot in this house. Um, it's not every night, but you can, you can pretty much bet that at any given moment, there's sweets in my, like I have a pie sitting over there right now, actually. Um, (laughs) I have tons of quick breads frozen in my freezer. Um, and that's okay with me and it's okay now, the thing about sweets is I'm not going to allow him to just munch, my kids to munch down on all kinds of just candy bars and whatever Valentine's sweets that just came home from school. That stuff, I just throw that away because I don't want that. Because what I have in my house is really good baked goods that I spent time and love making. And I know what's in it. Um, and I'm using good quality ingredients. You know, the fruit in my pies are most always handpicked from fresh local farms. And, you know, it's just stuff that I genuinely, I feel really good about. So that's, that's kind of like love for me. And I have no problem having that in my house mm. in moderation too. I'm really clear with them that it's not every night. And if you, if you have a good dinner, if you win dinner, you that's can, so funny. If you win dinner, which he's like, I win, I won dinner tonight. Who's going to win? You know, it's like for him, it's a game. And so I have no problem giving him a a sweet after or giving him a a small slice of banana bread or a a piece of a small slice of my pie. And it's not every night, but yeah, that's sweets. And it's not, 
any one sweet, it's all sweets. My tooth is so sweet. I can't even. Ooh, I love I it. That, but I also love the idea that you're using it as an opportunity to teach your kids about making choices, which yeah. I think is so powerful to say like this thing, this candy is like, we don't love it that much and it's not good for us, but we really love these things. And even if they're not like the best thing for us, living a balanced life is about making those decisions and prioritizing what makes you feel best, both nutritionally, but also emotionally. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think it's, it's all about moderation. It's about balance. Um, it's not perfect. You know, I probably, we probably have too many sweets in this house, but that's just part of me and my identity and being, and they're just lucky to be raised by me. (laughs) I love it. And I would love it if you would want to tell me and Amy and anyone who might be listening about your new little endeavor that you're exploring, your calling. So coming off of that, I love pie and I have always baked pies and I have, um, entered competitions for pies. And I, so I have just decided, okay, I need to do something. It it makes me so happy and I love giving it to others and having others eat it. So I'm just going to start a little stand and I've been sitting on this forever. Right. And then you kind of were like, you must do something. You pushed me and pushed me. (laughs) Okay. I have to do something. So I'm just going to have a little pie stand and it's going to be honor system, you know, to start people can come, they can, pick up a pie and it'll be seasonal. So basically throughout the summer, I'll have different pies for whatever's in season and I'm going to put them out there. And if nobody comes and I, you might see me like 10 pounds heavier the next time <laughs> because someone's got to eat that. pie. <laughs> you know what? I am going to be cashing in some gluten points on that pie. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. But you've also inspired me because I have started doing some baking for you guys gluten-free. And I really like that too, because it's a challenge for me to find it. So I want it to taste good. You know, I want it to just be like, it's gluten-free and it doesn't taste all that great. So I'm, I'm trying um, different recipes with my dough mm. at the moment. I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm getting there. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm glad you got to share that. And I loved having you on. You're one of my favorite funny people. And I love your approach at feeding your family. Thank you, Crystal. I'm really, I'm really just inspired by your no nonsense approach to feeding your family from like the way that you select what you're feeding them to the way you get your kids to eat. And that's definitely something I'm going to take away from this conversation today is just like drawing my line in the sand and sticking to it. I think that's super powerful. All right, Crystal, thank you so much. And we hope to have you on again sometime.